welcome back to another episode of Pigskin Talk. I'm your host, Ben Bodowins, and today I'm going to be talking about Julio Jones and his possible landing spots, uh, the Texans' QB situation, uh, more rookie award predictions, as well as other major awards this season. Let's get into it. Alright, so, Julio Jones. Uh, he was on the Skip and Shannon show. I don't know if he knew if he was on the show because Shannon Sharp just kind of called him on his phone. Uh, he didn't let him know. But um, So he outright said uh, when Shannon asked him if he was coming back to Atlanta, he, down, like, he, he surely said, no, I'm not going back there. And I'm surprised people still think it's a possibility that he'll stay. I mean, the thing is, he can just go to free agency. That's the team's decision. So he might hold out and just not play if they don't trade him. Because I don't know how much value they're going to get uh, for Julio. He's 32. He's injured all of the time. So maybe, maybe, I, I would say, maybe a first-round pick. Uh, more likely a second-round pick. Maybe a player or something. But my guess is a second-round pick just because if, let's say, someone trades for him, he's probably, you know, only going to play 7 to, you know, 12 games. He's not. He. I don't think he can give a full season anymore. He's just too old for that, and which means he's probably gonna retire in the next year or so, which is awful. I mean, he's like modern. Not. I don't want to say modern day Calvin Johnson uh, for two reasons. Because Calvin Johnson is modern. Uh, he's retired only a few years ago, and also because nobody can really match what Calvin Johnson was doing because he was just so you know, like, overpowered, I guess, is a word you could use, um, so Julio, you know, he's got some trade value, I think it's more likely he goes to a win-now team, like, so his, the better odds, or whatever they're calling him, and I don't talk about betting much, uh, is the Titans, 49ers, Pats, and possibly the Seahawks, and I don't know if the Pats, I don't know if that makes sense, because they're not really in a win-now situation there they've still got a good defense but they just drafted a young quarterback in Mac Jones I don't know if Cam Newton is really you know Super Bowl material even playoff material at this point in his career uh they don't really have any I mean standout receivers aside from Julio if they get him so teams can just roll coverage to Julio's side and it'll it won't erase him because it's Julio and he's really good but you know it'll dampen his impact uh and i don't know i think there are other guys nelson aguilar and he's not you know he's not good enough to uh step into that role i think uh, and you know be good enough to bring them to even the playoffs like i said so uh, i think i i i i would rule out that uh that option just because they're not really in that situation uh the other one was the titans and I could see that. I think him matched up with AJ Brown could be the best wide receiver duo in the league. It probably would be. Only uh, only duo that could challenge that is probably Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, um, and you know maybe Thielen and Jefferson. Probably not. I would say that would be really interesting to watch. I mean that offense would have so many big names. I would have Derrick Henry, you know Julio, and AJ Brown. That would just, oh, that would be so fun to watch. I mean, I don't know if their their defense, I don't think is is great, but you know, I think it got it got into the playoffs last season, or it almost did, I don't remember. So, you know, 
They definitely can do it. Uh, we'll see, though. Um, if he if he goes there, they could be a dark horse for the Super Bowl. But we'll see. Uh, and then the 49ers was the other main one. And I could, I could, I see, that's the one I see in my head the most. I think, uh, you know, they, well, uh, now that I think about it, hold on. Oh, I'm going back on what I just said. I would say Titans is most likely, but I could possibly see 49ers just because they're kind of in win now. They had a really bad season last year, but, um, you know, I mean, they had just gone to the Super Bowl before, so by that standard, they had a really bad season. I mean, their defense is still stacked. I mean, they've got most of their main pieces from that Super Bowl run. They've got Ayuk and Debo Samuel now. So I think that offense is better than than that Super Bowl offense. They obviously still have Kittle. Uh, I think they've kind of added to that uh, run, uh, to that backfield. With they've got Mostert. They've got a million guys. They've got Mostert, Wilson. They've got fixed on McKinnon. You know, they've got a million guys that they could use. So I think they're in win now mode. Uh, they still have Jimmy G, who I think is going to start uh, most of the year, if uh, you know, if not the whole season, because I don't think Lance is starting material yet. I think next year he's 100% going to start, because I feel like they're kind of over Garoppolo. That's been what's holding them back. So if Lance can, you know, I mean, there's there's probably going to be a QB battle during uh, rookie tra- or not rookie training camp, just during training camp. Um, so if, if Lance wins that, obviously he'll be starting material because he won the job and he'll be a starter, which means, you know, he's better than Jimmy G and Jimmy G, I would say he's about an average quarterback. So if Lance is better than that, that means he's probably obviously like slightly above average, above, above average player, at least, you know, he's got his great athleticism, you know, he could, you know, make an impact, but I just, I don't know if he's going to start for... I don't think he's going to start for at least a year is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I think I, I could see that happening. Just the only reason I'm kind of hesitant about that is because they just they drafted Debo Samuel and Ayuk recently, uh, and they're both really young, and re- they, they showcased their talent a lot last year. Uh, and so I don't know if they want to add a whole new receiver in Julio Jones and add him into that mix. And he'll probably be the number one receiver. I mean, obviously, he'll be the number one receiver because he's a top 10, uh, if not top five wide receiver. Um, so I don't know if they want to, you know, mess up that, uh, I guess, chemistry, you could call it, uh, between those two. But, um, you know, I could see it. They're in win now mode. So uh, And then the other one was, it wasn't really a dark horse, but it was another team being thrown out there. It was the Seahawks. I don't really know why, because they've already already got Metcalf and Lockett, um, which I think it was interesting that they were talking about them. Uh, so that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because imagine, just imagine in your head, they've got Metcalf. You, imagine you're the defensive coach of uh, the Cardinals or whatever, because you got to play the Seahawks twice a year and you're in the, in the same division, and you have to guard. You have to draw up a scheme to guard Lockett, Metcalf, and Julio, as well as Chris Carson, and, you know, manage Russell Wilson's scrambling and stuff like that. That would be a defensive nightmare. That I mean, if you were the defensive coordinator for that, those would be uh, two weeks where you did not sleep. You would just be having nightmares about that, because that would be horrifying. I feel like Metcalf is kind of the uh, younger version of Julio now, uh, which, you know, having those two on the field at the same time would be just terrifying, as well as Lockett's, Lockett can kind of, he can't do everything, but, you know, he's a deep threat, he can run all the routes, he's got solid hands, so, 
him too thrown into that mix, oh my gosh, that would just be amazing. But, um, I mean, they're also in win-now mode, I guess you could say. They've got still got a good defense. They got, you know, that high-powered offense. Uh, and throwing Julio into that mix could be a huge game-changer. But I just, I think it's kind of unlikely just because they've already got a great receiver duo. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It could be interesting. Um, moving on to the Texans and Deshaun Watson. So I I, I don't know if he's going to... My gut says he's not going to come back. He's been pretty uh, firm about that recently. Um, so the guys they got behind him, I think... So they've got Tyrod Taylor, who, if Watson is gone, will probably be the starter. I've liked him. I've always liked him. You know, he's been, he's kind of a journeyman. He's been on a lot of teams. He's started in quite a few places. He would have started last year if, uh, if you know, that doctor hadn't gone rogue and, you know, what, what was it, punctured his lung or something, collapsed his lung? I don't know. But, um, so, you know, their doctors don't... Uh, collapses lung he'll probably be the starter but you never know with the Texans because they've really just messed up their entire team recently I mean O'Brien just royally screwed up the Texans for a long time they're in calf hell that you know they they didn't have a draft pick for the first or second round this year so uh I mean and with that third round pick they got Davis Mills which I think that was a solid pick I guess I mean they needed a younger quarterback for the future because they're obviously I, I guess rebuilding I don't really know I mean they suck very badly so they might not be able to rebuild for a while considering their cap space and you know lack of draft picks recently uh so you know he I don't I don't think he's gonna start this year I feel like we can rule that out uh and I think you know Tyrod is kind of gonna be the unanimous guy except he always you know he always ends up you know I mean, benching, getting benched for a few games just because I feel like he's kind of like Fitzpatrick where he's, you know, on fire for a few games, he's average for a few games, and then he's just sucks for a couple and gets benched. And I think so. Their other guy is Jeff Driscoll. He's a journeyman, uh, kind of like Taylor, uh, Tyrod Taylor, but he hasn't started as much. So, you know, he's not as, I guess, experienced, even though he's pretty old, I guess. Um, <clears throat> So he's another veteran guy they kind of have, but I don't know if he's gonna play much. Um, so they're, they're. I would say they're not gonna make the playoffs for 15 years, and I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> they're kind of. I mean, they don't really have any major weapons down there that defenses can be afraid of, so they can kind of just. Honestly, they could just blitz that, blitz the hell out of Tyrod Taylor, whoever they've got back there, and just. I mean, their their offensive line isn't even good. They haven't had a good offensive line pretty much since this uh, since the team's founding back in like what was it like 2002 or something, whatever it was, like 20 ish years ago. And you know, so it hasn't changed much since then. So teams can just blitz them, and they're kind of screwed because they don't have any receivers that can punish them. I mean, it, they oh no, they don't they don't have Will Fuller. I forgot about that. Wow. Whew. Yeah, he's on the Dolphins now. I think that's a big loss. Yikes. <laughs> wow, that makes their situation a whole lot worse. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, moving on from that, uh, some, you know, uh, I've got uh, some, can't like, candidates for the awards this year, defensive and offensive player of the year, as well as MVP and some dark horses for that. Uh, so, defensive player, or defensive rookie of the year. My candidates are J.C. Horn, Micah Parsons, and Jalen Phillips. 
Uh, these are guys who everybody, I think, was really high on. Hor- uh, Horn and Parsons were, I think, Horn was picked in the top 10, I think. Parsons fell a little bit um, past what people were expecting. Uh, just a little bit, a few picks, though. Um, and then Phillips, I think, you know, he was picked about where people had him slotted uh, to the Dolphins at 18. And I really liked him. He was my 11th best player. He was my best defensive end. Uh, I think that was a really good pick for them, you know. He could really, I think he can make an impact in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, so I think he's he's my favorite. I would say Horn is second, and then Parsons is uh, third, just because he's a linebacker. And I don't know, I don't know how much uh, linebackers get defensive uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, but you know, we'll see. He's really explosive, quick. He can do everything pretty much. His tackling, I remember. I'm going to go up on a rant here, but I remember when I was watching his film, his tackling looked a little in- inconsistent. Like, he would shoot a gap really well, and then it just seems like he got kind of out of place. Like, his momentum took him a- away from the play a little bit, and then there were other plays where I was just, like, totally proved wrong about that. So it was kind of, it wasn't 50-50, it was more like 70-30, but uh, yeah, anyway, that was I went on a rant there, but um, yeah. So I would say Phillips, number one, Horn, number two, and Parsons, number three, uh, is my, I guess, likeliness uh, board, I guess uh, you could call it, lack of a better word. Uh, And then, so moving on to uh, MVP, I've got Patrick Mahomes, obviously, he's always in that conversation, Uh, Tom Brady, and Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, he was in that conversation last year, I don't know if he's going to be able to repeat uh, the stat line he got last year, because it was almost like it was almost perfect you couldn't have asked for better I mean he broke off that 90 plus yard run uh I think it was against the Jaguars like two years in a row or something uh so you know he if he can do that again which I don't know if he will just considering like how hard it is to keep up what he was doing last year but if he can I think he'll definitely be in that conversation uh and then Brady just because I mean it's Brady you know he's probably the goat so I think he's he's been in that conversation nearly every year. Uh, if the Buccaneers have another great season, he'll be in that conversation again. I don't know if he'll win it. I would say Mahomes is most likely. Um, but we'll see. Henry could have another monster season. And there's another there's an extra game now, so he'll only improve only improve his stat line, I guess. Uh, and then my dark horse for that is Kyler Murray. I think it's kind of a prove it year for him. He's got I think one year left on his contract so I wouldn't say it's a prove year because he's definitely played well and they're probably going to extend him but uh, he I don't know if he's de- he's totally played up to expectations he's played really well but first overall pick maybe could have expected more but um, I don't know that's kind of out there uh, that take is kind of out there but you know I think if he can really step up his game you know he could definitely uh, get in that conversation and he was in that conversation before the season but uh, they had a mediocre year last year they were like eight and eight or something so not a great year for the Cardinals I think people people were expecting them to uh, make the playoffs at least and go pretty far but obviously that didn't happen uh, and then moving on to defensive player of the year I think I've got TJ Watt I think he probably should have got got it last year but I mean, his so the main argument for why he should have got it is because his stats were better than Aaron Donald's, who won it. 
Uh, but I think I think it was I, Aaron Donald's, I guess, the rightful owner of that uh, of that award. I mean, he was getting like double and triple teamed almost every game, nearly every snap, actually. So I mean, and he still put up a great stat line. Uh, yeah. So you know, I think it was. You know, if he didn't, if he didn't get it, it would have been really disrespectful to him. But Watt had a great season, and it was kind of disrespectful not to get it to him. Um, so I think if it was one of those things where you could give a trophy to uh, both of them, they would have. But I don't think like obviously can't do that. So they gave it to Donald, which I think that's fair enough. Uh, and then my dark horse for that is Daniil Hunter on a comeback season. He was injured all last year. Uh, early before the season, they said he just tweaked his neck and he'll be back soon. And uh, obviously, that didn't happen. I mean, he didn't play a single snap all year long. So, uh, but he's my dark horse because he's had 14 and a half sacks in back-to-back seasons before his injury, uh, and so hopefully he'll come off strong off of that and post an even better stat line, uh, which could be pretty interesting. He's been a really good, I think, one of Minnesota's best players. Um, for since I guess a few years ago is when his career kind of picked up the pace uh but yeah and then so offensive player of the year uh Derrick Henry and if he doesn't get MVP uh if he does I've got Devonta Devonta Adams is my next uh candidate and that's I think that's only if Rodgers is back but he's a great route runner I mean he's still a great receiver probably top two uh, in the league, so arguably top one, so, I mean, he's really good, I think he'll be in that conversation more next year, and then my dark horse for that is Calvin Ridley, uh, it- sorry guys, I think my mic cut out or something, uh, so sorry about that, I'll try to get that fixed, but, so, uh, like I was saying, Calvin Ridley is my other is my other guy, um, and that's if Julio Jones is gone. And he could, he he had a great season last year. You know, he picked it up from the year before and proved he he's a starting caliber receiver, uh, top fifteen receiver in the league, I think, with his route running, his hands, he's a deep threat. Uh, so if he can really step into that number one role and take over Julio's role that he had, uh, you know, if he can, I mean. If he can improve, because nobody can really replace Julio, because just because of how dominant he was, um, but he might be able to slide into his shoes and make an even bigger impact than he made um, last year. So yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out ch- to check out my uh, Instagram and TikTok both under the name Pigskin Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, we've got a new episode next Monday. It's going to be great. Make sure you check back for that. Thank you, guys. I'm your host, Ben Bodwins. See you next time.